This is Dr. Benny Tate, and you're listening to the Leeds Club Podcast, all about leadership, personal growth, and encouraging you in your walk with God. Our goal is simple, to help you lead like you never have before in your church, business, home, or whatever platform God has given you. Our next Lead Club session begins now. Greetings, and thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so excited about this edition of our Leeds Club. I just appreciate you being so faithful to be involved and be a part of this taping that basically is to help pastors, Christian leaders, churches, Christian organizations get to the next level. I was recently asked by the Church of Christ of Christian Union in Circleville, Ohio, if I would do some training for their pastors and leaders. And so what I decided I would do is I would share a lesson that I'm going to share with you today. And they asked me, would I simply share what has worked to help our church grow? What has worked to help our church grow? I remember years ago, I'd been at Rock Springs Church for just a little while, and I called and I got a lunch with Andy Stanley. And I wanted to talk with Andy Stanley about church growth. And we went for a breakfast, and I began to talk to Andy. And I'll never forget what Andy said. Andy said, well, let me say something to you. He said, first of all, when I started my church, I started with a 1,000 people. He said, not only did I start with a 1,000 people, but I had resources. Not only did I start with a 1,000 people, not only did I have resources, but I had my dad, Charles Stanley's name, behind me. He said, you have a small church, and you're trying to grow your church. Hopefully one day you hope to have a 1,000 people. He said, I don't know how to tell you to, how to get to a 1,000 people because I started with a 1,000 people. Now, I greatly admired Andy Stanley for his transparency and his honesty. And this is what I know. There's so many things I don't know. But I do know what has worked at Rock Springs Church to help us get from 25 or 30 people to a membership now of 7,000 people and an attendance every Sunday of over 3,000 people. My heart's to help pastors, and the reason why I so desperately want to help pastors is 1,700 pastors every month leave the ministry. 82% of pastors are discouraged. 97% of pastors will be betrayed by a friend. 50% of pastors' marriages will end in divorce. And 80% of pastors' children have a low trust in people because of what has transpired in their family. Now, my heart is to help pastors. My greatest joy is not preaching to thousands of people. My greatest joy is going out to pastors and going out to many times small churches and encouraging pastors 
and encouraging churches to get to the next level. Because this is what I believe. With every fiber of being in me, I truly believe that your church can grow. Think about this. Jesus said in Matthew 16 and 18, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so Jesus said his church would grow. And folks, if you study the early church, it grew exponentially. And it's God's plan for your local church to grow. And I believe your church should grow. I'll give you three reasons why I believe your church should grow. Number one is a greater population. A greater population. Think about it. When Jesus was here, there were 250 million people on the earth. 250 million. By 2050, the experts tell us that there'll be 10 billion people on the earth. And Jesus died for all those people. A greater population. Often kid and say, our church is in Milner. We're so far in the country, the June bugs don't show up till August. Our zip code is E-I-E-I-O. I remember years ago, the Associated Press contacted us. And the Associated Press wanted to do a story on our church. And I said, with 400,000 churches in America, why our church? And they said, well, it's because you're the only church in America that has five times the attendance, five times the attendance of the population of the town you're in. They said, you're in a town of Milner, 502 people. And at that time, you were running 2,500. And they said, we wonder why a church in a town of 502 people can run 2,500 in attendance. I'll tell you why, folks. A greater population. There are people all around Milner, and those people need the Lord. And your church can grow because of a greater population. Let me tell you something else. Not only a greater population, but greater technology. Daniel 12 and 4 said at the time of the end, knowledge shall be increased. Just a week or so ago, I was preaching in a great church. I was preaching in the first congregational Methodist church in Piedmont, Alabama. The pastor and his wife are precious friends of mine, Charles and Rita Thomas. They said to me while I was there, our missionaries, our children are missionaries in communist China. I said, that's wonderful. And they said, Brother Benny, you don't understand. They don't have a church. It's communistic rule. But what they do, they get with a group on Sunday morning. And they log in. And they watch your service. And you're their pastor. They hear you preach the message. They're in communist China. They don't have a church. But you all have become their church. And that's because of technology. And pastors, 
Let me tell you something. When people step over the threshold of the door into your church, when they step over the threshold to enter into your church, if they're stepping back in time, we're in trouble. Folks, I believe that your church can grow because of a greater population, but because of greater technology. Embrace the technology. Use the technology to reach men, women, boys, and girls for Jesus Christ. Not only a greater population, not only greater technology, but greater Holy Spirit power. Did you know in Acts chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, the Bible's real clear. At the time of the end, I'll pour my spirit out upon all flesh. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. I often tell my congregation, I'm still seeing visions, by the way. But I want to say something. I truly believe that there is an impartation of the Holy Spirit for such a time as this to reach this world for Jesus Christ. Yes, I believe your church can grow. Now, let me give you 10 or 11 things that have been imperative. I didn't read them in a book, folks. I didn't get them at a church growth conference. I've just fleshed them out over 27 years of ministry at Rock Springs Church. There have been difficult times, but these are the things, these are the 10 or 11 things that have worked at Rock Springs. Will they all work where you're at? I can't guarantee that, but I think most of them will be applicable to your local church. And if you can incorporate them into your local church, I believe they'll make a difference and they'll help your church to grow. The first thing I'd say to you is let the word do the work. Let the word do the work. 2 Timothy 4 verses 1 and 2 says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. I want to be transparent with you. There were years at Rock Springs Church when the music wasn't real good. It, it, it wasn't real good. But you know, all during that time, our church still grew. Maybe not at the rate it's growing now, but it still grew because I simply let the word do the work. See, the secret to long-term growth is a biblical foundation. Somebody said, well, I Do I do expository preaching? Do I do topical preaching? Do I do series preaching? Do I do uh, contextual preaching? And the answer is do it all. Do it all. Do whatever works for you. But let the word do the work. I use props. I use testimonies. I use screens. I use object lessons. 
But the foundation in all that is the Word of God is paramount, and it is our biblical foundation. And when I say I've used props and I've used testimonies and I've used screens and I've used object lessons and I've used various things from the pulpit, this is what I've learned. You need to be consistently inconsistent. With your preaching, be consistently inconsistent. But make sure the foundation is the Word of God. Methods are many. Principles are few. Methods are always changing. But principles never do. We never stray from the principles of the Word of God. The second thing I I truly believe has helped Rock Springs Church to grow is do whatever it takes to get your people involved in worship. Do whatever it takes to get your people involved in worship. You know, John chapter 4 verse 23 says, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seek of such to worship him. The Bible says that God is seeking for worshipers. You know, we live in a day when many churches are undoing their choirs. They've gone totally to, to praise teams. And if that's what works for you, so be it. But here's what I'd like to ask you. What is the downside of scores of people being involved in worship? What is the downside of having a choir and having a praise team and having a band and having an orchestra and having a congregation? Every person involved in worship. You know, as I study the scripture, Lucifer in the eons of time, he was the worship leader. His name literally means light bearer. He wasn't the light, but he reflected the light. And if you read in Ezekiel 28 and 13, there were 12 manner of stones in his body. There was jasper and sapphire and emerald. And the light of God would hit his body and like a kaleidoscope would just reflect the light. I don't know that I totally understand it, but there were organs and pipes in his body. He was the leader of worship. But ladies and gentlemen, he fell. And worship was lost. But if you look in Exodus chapter 28... The priesthood was instituted. And if you look at the breastplate of the high priest, it had those 12 stones that was in Lucifer's body. What God was saying is worship has been restored through the priesthood. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Revelation One in six says God has made us kings and priests. It must torque the devil 
when he sees us, us doing what he was created to do, worshiping God and leading others in worship. You know, there's a scripture in Zechariah 14 and 17. This is what it says. It shall be so that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon him, there shall be no rain. Notice what that says. No worship, no rain. The rain symbolized the presence of God. But no worship, no rain. And then we look at Job 36 and 27. It says, For he maketh small the drops of water that pour down the rain according to the vapor thereof. And you know this. As vapors go up, they create clouds. And when clouds get heavy, they drop the rain. And ladies and gentlemen, when our vapors of praise go up, God drops the rain on our congregation. When our vapors of praise go up, God drops the rain on our congregation. For years, I would sit and I would watch our worship. I would look at the congregation and I would see the people holding a hymnal and they would be singing. But I would notice the young people. They weren't involved in worship. They weren't holding the hymnal. They weren't singing. They weren't, imp- they weren't involved in worship. Later, we still sing hymnals, but we started incorporating praise songs. We started to incorporate praise music. And I started looking at my daughter, Savannah, and Savannah was singing. And Savannah was lifting her hand to heaven. See, we've got to understand something, folks. If you're my age and beyond, perhaps you enjoy singing songs about when we all get to heaven. But these young people, heaven's not what's on their mind. They're wanting to have some life. And I found that when we incorporated praise music, it took our church to the next level. Our church exploded, but we did have to make change. And the only person that likes change is a wet baby. But if we're going to get to the next level, sometimes we've got to change. And I say to young pastors, I spent my early ministry when somebody would come into the church, I would try to make a worker out of them. But if you're not careful, That's all you have. And if I had my ministry to go over, I wouldn't concentrate so on trying to make a worker out of people. I'd try to make a worshiper out of people. A worshiper out of people. Because that's what rejuvenates a person. We're rejuvenated through worshiping the Most High God. See, folks, on Pentecost, the Spirit came. On Pentecost, the Spirit came and there were people there from all nations. And 
They heard the gospel in their language. And they asked a question. What meaneth this? And Peter stood up and gave a proclamation of the gospel. And then they said, what must I do to be saved? Ladies and gentlemen, the problem with most churches, we're trying to get them to ask question number two before they ask question number one. But when they come to our churches and we're worshiping God in spirit and in truth, they're going to ask the question, what meaneth this? If it's true worship, and then they'll ask question number two, what must I do to be saved? I want to say what I've learned about church growth is let the word do the work. The second thing I've learned, do whatever it takes to get your people involved in worship, even if that means change. Third thing I'd say to you that's helped Rock Springs Church to grow is we care for people. Rick Warren said, a church won't grow beyond its ability to care for its people. Sam Walton said, the bigger we get, the smaller we have to think. Still, people still walk through our doors one at a time. I want you to know something, folks. With a church this size, I still go to hospitals. I still go to hospitals every day. I still preach funerals. I still do weddings. Because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We have a deacon ministry. And deacons are assigned to families. And when families are going through difficult times, that deacon is there. We have a cancer support ministry. It supports people. It supports families. It supports individuals that are going through cancer and battling cancer. The whole ministry is just a ministry to help people and families with cancer. Our Sunday school teachers, they serve, they minister, they go out, they visit. Our pastors, our people, we simply care about people. Because this is what I know. They don't remember what we say. They remember what we do. And caring for people is our most evangelistic ministry. You want to build your church? Start caring for people. And it's amazing what an impact that will have, not only on the people that you're caring for, but on their families. It's helped us to get to the next level. Number four, evaluate and reevaluate. Evaluate and reevaluate. You say, what are you, what are you talking about here? Well, let me explain. Uh, we do a, an anonymous, as, as staff, we do an anonymous peer-to-peer evaluation every year. And it's just peer-to-peer. It's anonymous. Nobody knows. Because we believe in evaluation. And as leaders at Rock Springs Church, we're constantly evaluating what we're doing. When we have an event, right after it's over, we take a fresh look at it. And how can we make this better? How can we make this event better? Truett Cathy said, don't concentrate on getting bigger. Concentrate on getting better. 
So every week at Rock Springs Church, we're evaluating our services. We're evaluating what we're doing. What we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what, what needs to be improved. You know, I was recently in Nashville, Tennessee, and I was having dinner with one of my staff members, a couple of them, as a matter of fact. And as we was driving out of this restaurant called the Cock of the Walk, I said, stop. And there was a sign that read at that restaurant as you were driving out. This is what it said. It said, uh, you didn't have to be here. We did have to be here. Thank you for coming. You didn't have to be here. We did have to be here. Thank you for coming. And that's how we should see our services. That's how we should see our events. As leaders, they didn't have to be here. We had to be here. We should thank them for coming. And we should make it a good experience by evaluating and reevaluating how we can make this better. We have done that, ladies and gentlemen, for 27 years. Number five, the church experience should be a celebration. The church experience should be a celebration. David said in Psalms 122 and 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And what we do at Rock Springs Church we look for things to celebrate. On Sunday, we're not dealing with despondency and we're not dealing with depressing news. We're going to be celebratory. We're going to be celebratory. Last week, we're building a children's building, 40,000 square foot children's building right now, three stories. But a lady agreed in memory of her mom and dad to spend $50,000 on the indoor playground. This lady's never been inside of our church. But the church had an impact on her mom and dad. And she's agreed to give $50,000. We celebrated that. A week ago, on a Sunday night, we baptized 53 people. We celebrated that. Every month, we do a five-star presentation. Vibrant Ministries said we were a five-star church. So every month we give away the five-star church award to somebody who serves within our church. Celebrate what you want to see more of. I'm telling you, look for things to celebrate. There's a young lady in our church. Her name's Kelly Crumbly. You wouldn't know the name Kelly Crumbly, but she just won the national championship for banana puddings. So last week, I brought her up on the stage. We recognized Kelly being the national champion for the best banana pudding in America. And I said, we've got samples in the foyer. And folks, if you want Kelly to make you a banana pudding for Thanksgiving or for Christmas, she'll do that. And all the proceeds go to our children's building. Now, folks, you've got to be pretty strategic to celebrate banana puddings. But what I've learned, look for things to celebrate. Number six, help people develop their spiritual gifts. Help people develop their spiritual gifts. First Peter 4 and 10 tells us, as every man 
or every woman hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. Great preachers don't build great churches. Great churches build great preachers. I've never, I've never known a shepherd who could produce sheep. It takes sheep to produce sheep. And so I would challenge you to help people develop their spiritual gifts and start serving. Here's what has helped us more than anything else. When people are new to our church, we take them through a four-week class. It's called Membership Matters. Membership Matters. And we take them through every aspect, the history, the, the present, the future of Rock Springs Church. But in every one of those four weeks, we talk to them about serving. We talk to them about spiritual gifts. And during those four weeks, we get people signed up. And we get people in their gift zone. And we get people serving. It's something you can do. It's just a class. Membership matters. Many times people have joined our church. Many times they've not joined our church. We're just giving them a little background of Rock Springs Church. And here's why it's so important that, that your people are serving. Because within the first four minutes of somebody visiting a church, they've already decided whether or not they're coming back. So help people find their spiritual gifts. Because this is what I've learned. You want people volunteering and serving. Because volunteers find friendships faster in the church. Volunteers grow spiritually mature faster. Spiritual maturity doesn't come by hearing the Bible. It comes by doing something with what you hear. Volunteers stick. They're more likely to be rooted in the church than people with no skin in the game. The seventh thing that I've learned right here at Rock Springs is they see you before they hear you. They see you before they hear you. You say, what are you talking about? We're constantly improving our brand and our look. When you pull up, we have golf carts. But we want the golf carts to be nice and neat. We want our facilities to have a fresh coat of paint. Because they see you before they hear you. And appearance really does matter. I went through a training recently with Chick-fil-A and Dan Cathy, who was doing the training, said that every seven years they revamp their restaurants because they know they've got to stay current. But many times we'll go 40 years and never revamp our facilities. So at Rock Springs Church, we're constantly renovating. We're constantly updating. We're constantly trying to keep our facilities current because they see you before they hear you. Number eight, prayer is the power source. Prayer is the power source. You know, in Matthew 21, 
Jesus, somebody said, got upset because of the money changers. And that's true. The money changers in the house of God. But he went on to say, my house shall be called a house of prayer. I think he was upset over what they were doing, but he was equally upset over what they were not doing. They were not praying like they should. That's why at Rock Springs Church, one night a week, it's just a night of prayer. Just people come and pray. That's why every Sunday morning, when I first pull up at Rock Springs Church, the first thing I do is go into a room and get on my knees. 25 or 30 men will place their hands on me and pray that God will use me that day, that God will use me, that God will anoint me. Because this is what I've learned, ladies and gentlemen. Prayer is the power source. Number nine, promote what is happening. I've often said when we don't promote what is happening at our churches, it's kind of like winking at a girl in the dark. We know what we're doing, but she doesn't. Somebody said, he who has something to sell and goes and whispers in a well is not so out to get the dollars as he who climbs a tree and hollers. You've got to get your church on the map. And that comes through promoting what is happening. 27 years ago, I realized that nobody knew where Rock Springs Church was. And perhaps nobody even cared. But there was an evangelist with cerebral palsy named David Ring. And I invited David Ring to come to our church. And people weren't interested in Rock Springs Church, Benny Tate, or the Congregational Methodist. But they were interested in David Ring. And it helped to expose our church to hundreds of people. And what I would encourage you to do is to be creative in looking at ways, whether it be through social media or whatever, but promote what is happening at your church. It may be social media, it may be radio, it may be, it may be newspapers. I'd say to pastors, if you're a pastor in a, a small town, speak to every civic club that you can possibly speak to. Whether it's the Rotary Club, whether it's the Kiwanis Club, or every, every civic club that you can possibly speak to. That's what I did. Speak to those clubs, and I promise you, it will pay dividends. I went to the local funeral homes, and I said, if, if families don't have pastors, I want to help families. I don't want you to pay me. The funeral home doesn't have to pay me. The family doesn't have to pay me. I'm just volunteering my service. I simply just want to help. Certainly, I wanted to help families, but I wanted to promote what was happening at Rock Springs Church. Number 10, have special days. <laughs> have special days. I mean, folks, all through the year. <laughs> we've always, we've had bosses day. We've had Friends Day, Friend Day, Friend and Family Day, Grandparents Day, Graduate Sunday. We've even had Bikers Day where we invite bikers. Every year on my birthday, we'll have Benny's birthday and invite people just to come for my birthday. You say, Brother Benny, those are just gimmicks to get people into church. Yes. And I'm for a dog if he'll bark for Jesus. 
It may be a gimmick to get them here. But then we'll turn around and we'll preach the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. So have special days. Number 11, and I close with this one. Work, work, work. Work, work, work. I want you to know something, folks. Building a church is not easy. Building a church is very hard work. And I could take time and I could go through all the hardships in my 27 years here. Because I want you to know something. There have been many nights when I didn't sleep. There have been many difficult times. There have been many decisions that weren't easy. But what I've learned, if we make a difference for God, it's going to involve work, work, work. I tell our staff, if you're not given 55 hours, you need to drop your head. And let me explain. We've got volunteers in our church. They work their jobs. They work 40 hours on the job. Then they serve in our clinic. They serve in our school. They serve in our ministries. They teach Sunday school. They work in the media ministry. They work in our impact ministry for homeless. They work their 40 hours. And then they volunteer many, many hours. Well, what justifies you as a staff person just working 40 hours? I often say if you're just working 40 hours, you're semi-retired. Zig Ziglar said, there's no traffic jam on the extra mile. One of my heroes, Dr. Jerry Falwell, used to say, if a pastor is in bed at 8 a.m. in the morning, he's in sin. And I know what Dr. Falwell was saying. He was saying, if we're going to make a difference for God, you've got to work, work, work. Oh, folks, you can have an average church and you can just work average hours. But if you're going to have a better than average church, it's going to take extra hours. It's going to take a lot of work. And I'll promise you, it's taken work here. I've given my life to it. Robert Shuler said, don't go to a church unless you can envision giving your entire lifetime to it. Well, I trust today that this has been some help to you. I close every uh, leads, every leads lesson by giving you a couple ideas. And I want to give you a couple ideas today that perhaps will help you. One thing that we always do in January at Rock Springs Church, we, uh, we call a church-wide fast. And beginning the second Sunday in January, our church goes on a fast. Now, most people go on the Daniel fast, which is no meat, no bread, no sweets. It's a 21-day Daniel fast. Some of my people remind me also that Daniel went on a 10-day fast too. So, and some of our people do do the 10-day fast. But we encourage people, whether it be the 21-day fast, whether it be the 10-day fast, whether it be a three-day fast, whether it's the Jewish fast, which is six in the morning to six in the evening, whatever the fast is, we encourage our people 
to take some time and fast and pray during the month of January. See, the reason why we think January is so important, I truly believe we reap the blessings for the entire year because we fast in January. There's a second thing, just an ideal that I would encourage you to look at. We move from no food or little food now to food. Something else that we do at Rock Springs Church, we do a spirit night. Let me explain the spirit night. Local restaurants, some of the restaurant owners are even in our church. They'll have a spirit night. They'll take one night of the week and they'll say, this is a spirit night for Rock Springs Church or Rock Springs Christian Academy. And what that restaurant will do, they will give like 20% of their proceeds back to the church. So what we encourage our people to do is maybe all of you go out to Chick-fil-A on this night. All of you are, the restaurant may be the Dairy Queen or it may be Southern Pit Barbecue. But we'll take a restaurant and we'll encourage all of our people to go and have dinner at that restaurant on this night. Most of the time the restaurant will do it for the entire day. So you have lunch and dinner. And so we encourage all of our people to go out. It's a wonderful time of fellowship. People many times are going out for dinner anyway. It's a wonderful time of fellowship. It's a wonderful time of bonding. But it helps to raise resources also for your church, your school, or whatever you're doing. I would like to remind you that on April the 18th through April the 27th, Dr. Stan Toller and myself are taking a group to Israel. And I would love for you to go with me. If you'll contact me. I'll be glad to contact your deacons. I'll be glad to contact your church leader and challenge your deacons and challenge your leaders to send you. I've done that many times. And most of the time, the pastors will say, oh, my people would never do that. But I have never contacted a church what they didn't respond and send their pastor. Our rate is 100%. Every church I've contacted has sent their pastor. And so I say that to you. If you will let us know, we'd love for you to go to Israel with us. Well, I thank you so much for being involved today. I want to ask you to do something. As you know, this is at no cost to you. This Leeds Club, it's totally free. Technically, you don't have skin in the game. It's free, pastors. It's free, Christian workers. But I would ask you, if you're enjoying this taping, would you be so kind to drop me an email at, uh, at our church, if you would just, uh, brotherbenny at aol.com. If you would just drop me an email at brotherbenny at aol.com or drop us a card or give us a call to the church and give us a call to the headquarters office and just let us know that you are enjoying this taping. And this is a help to you because it takes great time for my schedule to do this. But again, my heart is to help pastors and Christian leaders. God bless you and thank you for being involved today. Thank you for joining us for today's Leeds Club session. We hope you feel encouraged and empowered. If you would like more information or resources about leadership, be sure and check out our website, at rockspringsonline.com slash leadership. Join us next time 
for more insights on leadership, personal growth, and encouragement as you walk with God. We want to help you get to the next level.